Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 212, Aggressive Hospitality. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. A good evening. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Brett. Apparently, I always have to jump in and, uh, and, and put in my two cents <laughs> with, and, and then just, you know, have the last word. Viewers. <laughs> I, I actually, when you said hello at the beginning there, Josh, it sounded like you were a record player. Sort of just... Hello! <laughs> I do do that sometimes. Sounds like you're poorly cued. <laughs> Every now and then I am. Yeah. Second cousin of Paulie Shaw. Hey! He's coming to town tonight. Uh, uh, really? really? Yes. Why? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> is it, is Maybe it just he needs to, some more Aussie flesh. Is it just to camp flesh? outside my house and taunt me? Again. Because that's the sort of thing he does. He just he just does it. He just stands outside my door and going, buddy. And I just, shut up. Shut up, Paulie Shaw. Don't make me call your mum. Really? Well, yeah. uh, former former fourth or fifth box cutter, uh, Marie Hardy, <laughs> had the uh, the pleasure once of being in the same room sixth. with uh, Paulie Shaw and him putting the hard word on her to have his way with her. Oh. Was his, she loves him. Was his way eating he pizza? He didn't have his way. What, a, what an erotic story that was. Yeah. What, what else is on the show? <laughs> no, that's it. We just have that story. Oh, dear. And then Pete Smith. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wish you were more like Murray Tregoni. You could just queued that up, Brett. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a new show from the US that is going to be starting uh, on our screens. And we have a start date for it. Really? It's amazing. Yeah. Archer is a, a half-hour comedy from the FX channel in the US. Uh, and the one with Brian Brown. Yeah, 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 Brian yeah, yeah. Brown. The and Brian uh, Brown and, channel. Yeah. And, and uh, Brian Dennehy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, the two Brian's. Yeah. I still, that's, that's still my favourite bit from two weeks ago. <laughs> there it is again. Where, where we're talking about that channel. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I keep Am I only coming on the shows now with the FX channel shows? <laughs> <laughs> is that the deal? Yeah. Right. So if they go through a slump, okay? I'm off. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah? That's what I've come to expect. Okay, that's all we have. No, we've also got a Ray Watch. We're going to talk about uh, Chuck and some interesting things that have happened uh, after the last episode of Chuck appeared. Yeah, yeah. this is a weird sort of news discussion regarding Chuck, but we'll yeah we'll explain that. Well, yeah, have we'll, we yet right. seen Chuck on Australian TV? Yes, on pay TV. On pay TV. Oh, no, has so it, has it been on one of the um, one of the bonus channels? I, I seem to remember reading somewhere it was on Go or Seven Two or Oh Go Seven Two. Go Seven Two. I think no. it's on, I th- maybe, maybe yeah, they have, they are idiots. I, I thought there had been some, yeah, some talk show. about it being on one of them. So, remember when you first dis- discovered Chuck? I know, I was thrilled. You were, you it's were changed totally, my life. You were totally thrilled. It really has. So it, much sounded, more than when he first saw uh, The Wire. That well, sounded, John, like I was calling you Chuck, but but really but no. I was just talking about the show Chuck. But no, no, it's funny because I watched Chuck after you know doing about a year's worth of stories about Chuck and the news and I thought eventually I should watch one of these and yeah, uh, yeah it turned out to be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, we've got some TV cliches. Uh, we're going to talk about the quiz. Yes. <laughs> we're not going to have a question. We're not going to have a winner. I'm sorry. Bit of a spoiler, but uh, there's, there's some interesting things afoot. You'll find out more in the quiz. Uh, I've got one thing. We've got pork. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. We got uh, sent a a couple of times uh, an article about the fattest loser after our discussion last week 
Remember last week, Brett, when John was Nelly? Yes. Yeah. It's getting very confusing for me. But the uh, <laughs> did you happen to listen to last week's show, John? I haven't listened. I listened to the, to the one Nelly did before. It was great. I just haven't listened to last week's show. That's right. It wasn't very. Funny. I've downloaded it. It's on my computer. Well, so you get you, you get the double advantage. You get to be on Box Cutters and, and listen. listen to new content from Box Cutters. I'm like Seth Green and Family Guy. <laughs> Whereas. I'll explain later. Okay. No, no, come on. Whereas I just get to listen to, to box cutters and go, I can't believe you said that, Josh. Yeah. Oh, my God, you are so embarrassing. Yeah, you and me That's, both, brother. What, you, should, you should really listen to Cropley a lot more. Anyway, last week when you were discussing Fatty Loser. And, uh, and we were talking uh, largely about how, uh, what, a bad, uh, what a bad example it sets for people who are actually trying to lose weight and how uh, it's... I think it's harmful television. Uh, Nelly thinks it's still entertaining television, and but, off the, off the but back also of that. has ethical ethical mm. problems. And then, there was but she also uh, acknowledges that it is fat, fat exploitation. Yes, yeah. TV. And then there was this this article. Do you, do you want to in, tell in, people about the article in the Age, which um, I believe you have there in front of you, Brett? But but part of the gist is mm-hmm. one of the things I always wondered about the show was uh, it's patently insane the amount of of weight loss each week. It makes no sense. It's really not possible to lose like. 10 kilos in a week or 14 kilos in a week. It's just not possible. And if it is possible... Without amputation. Yeah, it's really, really unhealthy. So one of the most interesting breakthroughs was the discovery that... Because the weekly weigh-ins aren't weekly. And, so, uh, what, they're, they're fortnightly or, or well, they're every 10 days? Brad, what have or? you got there? Uh, well, the, uh, the show's producers are misleading viewers by claiming contestants have lost up to 17 kilograms in one week. Uh, there are fears viewers may try to emulate the results, uh, whereas healthy weight loss is only 0.5, between 0.5 and 1 kilogram a week. Um, but uh, yeah, they, how far part of the weigh-ins? The we... weigh-ins, uh, which are presented on the show as weekly events, could in fact actually take place several weeks apart. So that's all we've got. That's several, uh, several weeks. That's we're not. Uh, but from several, we're assuming at least three, on. I imagine. But um... so, so, but th- how long? How long then are they in the uh, in at camp biggest loser for? Because uh, if they're having weigh-ins every every two to three weeks, mm-hmm. say, uh, but the show only goes for twelve weeks, then are they in there for like half a year? Well, it seems to imply they must be longer, um, unless John Ten says the show uh, began filming in October, which means that. Uh, uh, well, when does it go through until? Is the, is the last episode live? Like, is um, it a, well, the mar- yeah, the la- last episode is the live. The marathon, which is uh, particularly uh, concerning to uh, fat loss, weight loss, this, uh, this health is the, This people. is the second part of the story, um, is that this, uh, the, the climax of this is, is going to be a marathon, a full marathon that people often take a year to uh, get ready for. They've got apparently about 12 weeks. And a lot of people think they will die. Um, the marathon has not yet been run. Okay, so... Mm. Right, so, so they started shitting in, in October. They knew about the marathon... Uh, so we're about and the marathon 16 is, is weeks from October now. Yeah, about that. You got the calculator? In, it's in my <laughs> head. Well, it depends on if it's early or late October, but yes. Let's let's, let's say it averages onto 16 yeah, weeks. Yeah, right. Um, so, so also the thing that goes along with the, the marathon is that uh, contestants who have been eliminated uh, previously over the series uh, are also invited to take part in that. So they may have gone through, say, five weeks of, of uh, intensive weight loss mm-hmm. stuff, got kicked out, gone back to how they were, going back and, and kind of in off 
absolutely no training for perhaps seven weeks. So yeah, this marathon thing will be will be running that kind yeah, of uh, distance. And this is off uh, this is off extra concerns that uh, in one of the early challenges, uh, one of uh, the contestants had two fractured shins. Yeah, he apparently was made to run a race and fractured his legs. Um, because, because it's for entertainment for us at home to go, hey, fat guys, let's poke you with a stick. That's hilarious. Now, I, I love making fat guys run as much as the next guy, <laughs> right? Uh, but why not, why not start them on a half marathon? <laughs> a few weeks back, I watched the, uh, the film They Shoot Horses, Don't They? From 1969, I believe, with mm-hmm. uh, Jane Fonda. And boy, was she dreadful. She so didn't deserve to be nominated for an Oscar for that role. But um, it's, a, it's a film... They were preempting on Golden Pond. Yeah. It's set, set in the 30s, due to Great Depression, set at a, uh, a marathon dance competition. And the funny thing is, part of it's meant to be about... Like the one in Happy Days. Like the one in Happy Days. And it's all bit about man's hum- inhumanity, man, how awful this is and how people would come to watch the, the, the fear and the terror and how people would fall apart. And yet, weirdly watching it now in the, in the day of reality television, it didn't look that scandalous. Like, you kind of go, well, that's just Biggest Loser, isn't it? I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that's actually nowhere near as bad as this story. Well, see, even um, how many times did we see the footage uh, at the end of that marathon, maybe back oh, in 84, where the woman. the woman was coming down the final straight and just, just staggering all over the place and mm-hmm. being half, almost completely dead on her feet, um, but was just so desperate to get to the, the finish line. Um, so, so we've seen that footage since then, and that was before the reality TV days. So, I, I don't like to walk to the bus stop when it's hot. So, this article—is there any defence from the producers in, in how they're treating people and, and what they're planning to do? Because I mean, people honestly are saying here they think people might die, you know, through this television. Well, program. Uh, uh, according to uh, this article, uh, there was an insistence that no one will be forced to take part in the marathon which would take place in the 11th or 12th week of the 12-week series. Uh, Remaining competitors won't be required to take part to stay in the game, but can compete if they wish. Only eliminated players will need to place well to have a shot at the finale. So uh, so if you're you're one of the contestants who are still in the... The fattest loser. Oh yeah, but, but I'm saying, but, but the producers aren't pulling out any of that crap about inspiration and, and heartwarming stories that they always pull when they don't want to say it's a freak show. Because I mean, the show is a freak show. That's what it is. Well, being asked about the uh, the weekly weigh-ins, the so-called weekly weigh-ins, the uh, executive producer Richard Campbell said uh, they don't want to comment on that. So it seems like they've, they haven't uh, given much comment at all uh, in regards to this criticism. Um, and also with the marathon stuff, when when the people that are supporting them in uh, at Camp Fatty or whatever it's called, um, such as Michelle Bridges, are saying I can pay respect to anyone that can puke, get up and get on with it. To like just just the the lack of of empathy that that mm-hmm. actually kind of portrays, and and uh, as. You know, it's it's not a wise training decision, and and uh, health experts are actually speaking out against that. People people should not be training until they throw up. If your body's throwing up, it's something to do with your body can't handle what you're actually doing to it. That's that that how we stop recording the show, isn't it? Because usually that's when Josh starts throwing up, and we go, <laughs> yeah, "No, really, that's, that's yeah, three hours. That's enough. That's plenty. <laughs> Edit that together. Bring Pete Smith in. Get him to mop it up." Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad to know, though, that I do have the respect of uh, Michelle Bridges because once playing an indoor soccer game after a very big night out on the cans, <laughs> I did do a little bit of sick in my mouth, have to go outside, spit it up, came back, 
continued on the game. So, But that's not actually because it's all about the trading. That was because you were hungover and... and your body had been poisoned. She didn't by say. Alcohol. She didn't say it was about yeah, the training. She, she, she just, just said, said vomit. She's just big she on just vomit. She said vomit. Get yeah. up and get back into it. I have her respect. That's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to me. Maybe we can That's get her in for, uh, <laughs> and, and you can tell her that story and see how much respect you get. I'm glad. I'm glad to see that the Sunday Age has uh, has come on board with uh, with our theory that it is a, a terrible show. Uh, and thank you to the listeners who, because there was a couple of people posted that on the blog. Yes, from yes. Uh, from a uh, long-standing friend of the show, uh, uh, Kerry, and uh, and Kerry also from for a while, uh, and, and Dave AA from the AA Battery Foundation. Yes, yeah. uh, and uh, and just uh, an update on uh, the uh, Nelly Thomas challenge of not watching uh, Fattest Loser for six weeks. She has fallen at the first weigh-in. Apparently her washing machine broke and as a result she had to watch the (laughs) weigh-in episode. I don't understand the logic there. Uh, That's the report that I've got. But uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll have further updates uh, with that next week. (laughs) From the Fatty Loser commentary chopper. Yeah, we'll be crossing back live, but we hear more. Uh, Now, uh, the, the next note I have is, has David Leckie gone mental? David Leckie, in charge of uh, the uh, Seven Network. I started reading that article, but it was sports-related, so I got bored. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of sports-related. Ma- Matthew Johns uh, is being signed to Channel Seven for some show that's supposed to go up against the footy show mm-hmm. or something like that. Now, Matthew Johns got dumped by Channel Nine because he'd partaken in some sort of group sex activity back in his uh, NRL days. Yes, and uh, Channel Nine didn't see that as a good thing to be associated with. And this, this article comes from the Daily Telegraph, and I have to say, it is, uh, which, which a friend of mine calls the Sydney Daily Astonisher, uh, it's, it, it, is, it, it does read like uh, a bizarre bit of fan fiction. <laughs> I think it's weird because I've got comments on the other story we're going to do, also about the Telegraph. It's weird that their coverage of news becomes more fascinating than the news that they're covering. It's just the way they do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. So, uh, so this guy's in an exclusive interview. The, the journalist is in an exclusive interview with Matthew Johns in the Channel 7 boardroom. During the interview, apparently, David Leckie comes in uh, to, to the boardroom and just starts talking to Matthew Johns as if the, as if the journalist isn't even there. And... Uh, starts uh, starts saying, "Look at this, Maddie. The circulation of all these are getting bigger." Pointing at the uh, the glossy magazines that uh, Seven's parent company uh, has uh, has a hand in, uh, and I run them all. Take them home with you. Seriously, it's very important. We've got to promote the shit out of this fucking show. We've got to let people know how good it's going to be. Uh, and then and then he just keeps going, talking about how long he's known known John Singleton. Uh, uh, how there's a big hole in in the in the schedule for for a show just like this. Uh, singer rang me ten minutes ago about the name, and I told him to fuck off. It's my network. He's saying all of this while there's a journalist in the room, and it just it so was just he talking sounds, to Maddie Johns? Or was he was, he talk, talking, he was to talking to Maddie Johns, and then he goes on to say about one of his own shows while the journalist is in the room. It will be what? one of the most creative moves we've we've ever made. We're in very good shape at this network. Okay. The Cougar Town. It's a shit show, but we promote it, and we get nearly 1.4 million watching it. We could put a turd on the screen. Well, I would still get 12 million. As long as we promoted it. I was talking about up to that final point. Maybe this is deliberate. Maybe this is part of his new thing that he thinks if he 
storms in and, and talks to his star, then the journalist will feel he's getting some insider scoop. And if it's all positive going... The station's amazing at the moment, but don't tell any journalists. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll get amazing <laughs> coverage, but it means if you get down to Cougar Township. Quite but, possibly, you know. it's it's a well thought out strategy. Um, maybe maybe Lecky sees that uh, there's a hole in the uh, Australian media slash TV uh, scene. Then fix it, since, dear Lecky. Dear Lecky. Dear Lecky. Kerry Packer uh, is no longer around, and he's looking to take up that mantle. Like Kerry Packer, very much. That's a very Packer esque. Had yeah. had. Uh, uh, a uh, reputation for for this kind of talk, but he would. But never it was do never done with reporters. No, no. But everybody who worked at Channel Nine would talk about that sort of stuff going on. Because right till the end, I assumed yeah, it was, it was a deliberate ploy by Lecky to make it look like the journalist was getting to see behind the curtain. But but no, it it just it's it sounds like if it's not fan fiction, it sounds like David Lecky is just ranting throughout the entire building. If it was fan fiction, they'd start making out at the end, though. Isn't that how, how that Ma- works? Maybe he was just still on a complete high after getting $250 million back from their license fee. Oh, maybe. Just, oh, no, no, no. He didn't personally get $250 million. Overall, they're getting $250 the, million. All three, all three networks. Back from their license fee. Yes. Yeah. And a free Swiss chalet. Speaking of Swiss chalets. Yes. The uh, the, the the communications minister, Stephen Conroy. Conroy, <laughs> pie in the sky, Conroy. Yeah, because they're all the same person. Who you won't listen to? Why don't you listen to him? I, d- I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. I he won't puts just... out press releases, and you keep asking questions. That's all there in the press release, except for the bits that aren't. Except for facts. Except for the bits that I ask questions about, which apparently were also in the press release, yeah. except they weren't. But tell you what, I read through the press release and there was no m- mention in there that uh, he held a secret meeting with billionaire Seven Network owner Kerry Ker- Ker- Stokes and went skiing with him at a ritzy American resort a few weeks before yeah. handing the $250 million gift to Australia's Wh- Radio Which he apparently doesn't networks. think is dodgy. Apparently the government doesn't think Has this Conroy is dodgy. Has Conroy actually come out and said anything? There, there's, there's been I was some to pay him on the way somewhere. in yeah. and uh, it was actually... Uh, uh, Finance Minister Tanner um, mm-hmm. saying, oh, what, what? Uh, are you suggesting that politicians don't meet with business people? That'd be outrageous. In chalets? Uh, uh, S- S- Senator Conroy confirmed the secret meeting when questioned by the Sunday Telegraph and said his conduct had, I'm guessing, been, but they uh, forgot that word, yeah. entirely appropriate. He did not mention that he and Mr Stokes had gone skiing. This is where but, he, he, but mm-hmm. he did. But he did mention some killer moguls. Oh yeah, I, I need to mention this is part of again the, the, the Daily Telegraph website. I enjoyed. They've um, photoshopped a little picture together there. Which uh, if you're on the vi- video <laughs> podcast, you can see it. Which There's uh, no video podcast, but I wish there was. They, they've put Conroy in front of some chalets. So it's like, to give you an idea of what it would look like if you were having a secret meeting with Conroy and And have Shelley. they really badly photoshopped They've, out the, the roof on that little tower badly bit? Badly photoshopped That's the horrible. whole thing. It's just an insane picture. And then the, well, other, the stupid drop shadow under Conroy. Yeah. And, the, and the other thing, which I don't know if it's still there, but on the side there, it had before, it said, related, uh, related, uh, was it related content? Stories. Related stories. And one of them is, Julia Gillard hates tattoos on young women. <laughs> Although when you go to the oh, story, Julie does as well. The headline actually says Julie Gillard hate tattoos on young women because it's a newspaper, so they're not very good at spelling or grammar. But um, but it was quite I, fascinating that to them that's related coverage. It's like they're politicians. It's the same thing, isn't it? I, uh, I I'm I'm amazed that uh, the Daily Telegraph hasn't made more of the uh, name of the town Beaver Creek, Creek. in Colorado. Uh, but uh, uh, just. 
What the hell were they doing in Colorado? I mean, was it were they deliberately was it a planned thing that they were meeting up, or are we meant to just think that coincidentally communications ministers and uh, media moguls bump into each other in Colorado? Well, uh, well, apparently uh, Senator Conroy was in the U.S. for the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, CES in Vegas, and uh, and then uh, also for the West Coast Australian American Leadership Dialogue. Right. Conroy also thinks we should be like China. I'm not sure if you covered that last week, or that may have no. come out after that. With YouTube, he actually went to mm. Google and said, we'd like to ban stuff, just like you do in China. He said, out loud, from his mouth, in public. This is what I don't get. They this do is a man it in China. In public, is actually outlaws. pointing to China, saying, wouldn't Jingle it be great King. if we were a bit more like China? Because, you know, that's where you really want to be if you're a democracy. You know who else did that? Who? Bono. Bono said, China, China can stop people illegally pirating music. Why can't we do it in the rest of the world? Did he really? Yes. Did he really <laughs> seriously, do that? Seriously. Bono and, and Conroy. Mm. Well, they're skiing together at some Colorado chalet, uh, apparently. I've got a photo of Conroy <laughs> in a suit at, this, at, this, at a chalet. He's a bit formal. chilly, wouldn't Colorado. he? Yeah. Formal, though. Chilly, but formal. Well, he's having a meeting. Yeah. Well, uh, he didn't know he was having a meeting. He hasn't got a two-con or anything. I, I, if, if the podcast kind of, listeners haven't worked it out by now, our communications department, our federal department of communications and whatever else they've put in that bloody acronym is dodgy. Yes. They are so doing, dodgy. They are doing dodgy things. Now, Not only don't they have any idea about how to fucking run a communications and, and, and media uh, overseeing department, but but it really, really, really seems in in this sense and uh, with a couple of other things that have been happening politically over the week um, that we're looking at real corruption. We're, we're looking at business leaders having, having much higher priority uh, with access to the government than any of the electorate is. And, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned a number of times on this show things that Hugo Chavez has done uh, and uh, with the Radio TV Caracas and, and sh- shutting down networks. Our communications department is a step away from all of that. And they want, it's, but it's they, they, really... they like that. They're actually going, China, hey, yeah, that's yeah. a good approach. What? Venezuela, sure, go for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a horrible thing. And in other countries, they have revolutions about these things. I'm not saying we should have a revolution. I'm saying we need to wake up and sure do something <laughs> democratic. <laughs> Seriously, in, in, I'm not sure we should roll it out. Really? Brett, Brett Cropley, Che Guevara. I, I'm seeing the similarities yeah. now. Yeah, say never. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, if you wore a beret. No, no, I'd... I'd would you wear a beret? If there was a revolution, so, would you wear a beret? See, I don't think that we need to come in with, with an over-the-top, uh, probably deadly to, to a certain number of uh, elements of, of society uh, kind of system like that. But we need to get rid of what's going on at the moment. We, we, need, we need a communications minister and if that means who, who is willing to stand up we put for the good of the country the rather than the good of, uh, of, of the corporations. I think that's... That's probably... And is the that, children. Won't somebody think of the children? I'm thinking of the children right now. And that is the Boxcutters News. Ah, so, Donkey Dick, uh, you must be listening to uh, the funny, gorgeous, sexy, hunky Boxcutter Man. Hey, budgie tits? Uh, it's funny because it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that one. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it makes more sense in context. <laughs> it does. It does. It really does. Otherwise, it's just offensive. It's just offensive. <laughs>
so offensive. I've forgotten what we're doing now. Archer. Archer. Archer is a, uh, an animated half-hour comedy from the FX network. You're partially the, right there, In Josh. the US. Uh, also, by half-hour, you mean 21 minutes. Which yeah, is interesting, yeah. isn't it? The half-hour, now it's 21 minutes. I thought that was the half-right bit. No, 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 I think 20 he's minutes going and some, and it's, and it's kind of half animated. It's it's not, and, uh, and and but from the from the same uh, from the same team that brought you Sequest, uh, DSV. Yes, no, no, that's C, Chris DSV. Uh, C Lab twenty lab twenty one twenty one the the one that's not C Lab twenty twenty but yeah twenty twenty one twenty twenty one C Lab twenty twenty one. Well, they didn't actually animate that, did they? They just took the the original footage and just redubbed it. Uh, no, then they then they started. They started doing their own. Oh, do they? So it's from it's from well, people. If you, if you remember Astro Boy, it's it's animation like that. Okay? It's uh, it's not a, a lot of movement. P- people who've come from the Adult Swim school of uh, of animation. Uh, it is uh, about Archer, who is uh, a, an agent, a secret agent, uh, and uh, and his role is to do something. But he is he's working complete, for ISIS. He's working for ISIS. He's a complete screw up. It's a kind of late '60s spy kind of setup, although it isn't. It's actually set contemporary, but it's it's yeah, it's done it's, to look like a kind of Cold War it's, well, it's, spy, man's kind of, uncle, James Bond esque. It's kind of a mix else. because the Russians are the baddies. It, mm-hmm. the, the KGB are, are in it, mm-hmm. uh, and and they are the baddies. But then there are mobile phones. But yeah, other than that, yeah. it, it really has this kind of sixties style, even in the the opening credits, uh, which I think look really really sharp. Uh, it, uh, it it stars uh, amongst. Uh, other people, the, the woman who played the mother in Arrested Development, mm. uh, and is it Doctor Spacherman in it as the Spaceman? Yes, Doctor, yeah. yeah, from Thirty Rock. It is okay because yep. yes, I was just sort of guessing by the uh, voice. Chris Parnell, from memory, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and so so uh, basically, it's about this guy who is just a complete screw up in his job, uh, much like Maxwell Smart, but also manages to get the job done despite himself. Much like Maxwell Smart, so it's, it is very much this man from Uncle get smart mm-hmm. uh, take on things. But the uh, Archer's boss is also his mother. Uh, one of his uh, one of his co agents is his ex lover, who is now uh, going out with some guy from accounting. Who is uh, Doctor Spaceman? Spaceman? And uh, and there, there are various other uh, other characters as well. His mother is always trying to get him and his ex lover back together. Uh, she's having an affair with the, the head of the Russian head, the, head of the KGB. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's hilarious. I think it is absolutely one hundred percent hilarious, clever comedy. That's not what you thought, was it, Brett? Not initially. Actually, n- having watched three and a bit, episodes, oh okay, because you were quite negative in the I'm kitchen, and I thought you were—I thought you were going. I was. I, I, I like to uh, to. A lot the, can uh, happen between to, the kitchen and the, here. That's true. He's had coffee now, and he's, he's chirpier. Um, I because of there, there was a bit of a mistake in in some of the file naming. Uh, you guys might have come across that when we got our preview copies, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I watched the first five minutes of the second episode. Which kind of very much kind of comes into this into the middle of this weird scene, and it was just so dull and and over the top and and stupid, and I put that on about four times, and then oh no, I can't do this now. <laughs> I need to be happier before I come into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then actually worked out which uh, the first episode was, and uh, sat down and and watched it and committed to the twenty minutes and twenty five seconds or whatever it was, um, and yeah, really went with it. Um, so, so once, once the first 
uh, episode, which uh, is the pilot, the first of the three must watch, um, set it up so that we knew that uh, his mother was his boss as well and, and all the different roles in there. Then it made more sense and then it became a lot funnier. But I think... I think that if people miss the first episode, they're going to have real problems about it. I watched it in random order, so I didn't... Yeah, I saw four first, and I think I had to sort of try and guess a bit. So maybe it would have made more sense to have watched them. It's weird, because I I, I didn't mind it, but I didn't really... I found I had a really nothing-y kind of reaction. Like, I I would have liked to have liked it a lot more. And we were talking a few weeks ago when I said, please don't make me watch any more arsehole comedies uh, anymore. And you went, no, 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 we won't do that. And because this one's this one's to the side of that because you know he is a he's an asshole, but everyone in the show keeps referring to him being a douchebag. So it's like yeah. it's up front; they all know. But I still found myself kind of wanting a bit more to connect to because I didn't really care about anyone in it. And I, see, whereas I, I just think it's I just think it's jokes. The, I think it's a it's a well, very see, I, long I didn't, sketch. Yeah, I didn't find it funny enough. I guess I guess that thing because yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about Thirty Rock about you know whether it's lost its way and people going oh it needs more character and story arc and it was on the Onion AV Club I was saying no it just means there's better jokes because that's what it does when it, mm. you know, and I think it's actually as good now as it really was it's, you know, it's, and when it's funny it's really funny I, I, maybe with this I just feel like it needed a bit more it either needed a bit more funny or I needed to feel a bit more connected to somebody in it and I kind of didn't care enough about anyone my favourite one was the dinner party one because at least that just felt like it had a nice <laughs> uh, progression to it, it felt like it was. Yeah. Which that was the that was episode four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. So episode that sort of yeah, kept propelling its story along, which I quite enjoyed. But um, but yeah, I, I didn't dislike. I mean, if, it's sort of thing. If it was on, I would. If it was on between two shows, I wanted to watch. I wouldn't turn it off. But yeah, and I kind of. It's also I love that whole sixty spy kind of stuff. And again, it didn't I feel like it didn't do enough with it for me to really. Yeah, go anywhere with it. But it it, it had a style that I've, I've seen in other animations, and I, I'm not sure what they are, but it, it seems to intentionally create this awkward tension in in the way that it's in the way that they have the dialogue recorded, and so you'll, Life and you'll have Tim has, has you'll the have same people thing. kind of talking over the top of each other, mm-hmm. and, and then pauses that where they, they just kind and of let there let are some realization very long pauses yeah which I kind of wondered at one point whether, whether they put them in I remember there was one joke where I kind of thought I reckon they've added some more space in because I just don't think the actor would be comfortable yeah. <laughs> in quite that long a pause but but I, I love that I mean I, I love that in Life and Times of Tim as well where there are these there are these pauses where you just know somebody is rolling their eyes mm-hmm. uh, and you might not be able to see that much detail in the animation because the animation is is you know it's not Avatar uh, but, but, but you still get that sense of awkward silence, and there is something about awkward silence that I I, I find hilarious mm. at the moment. So, so there's that, but there's also some muttering. And in in the first episode, uh, where uh, Archer's mother gets off the phone with her uh, KGB uh, counterpart, who, who's uh, who she's having an affair with. Uh, and has but they, do they only have phone sex? Uh, we've only ever seen them have phone sex, but they they were having they were having phone sex, and uh, I don't I don't want to spoil the gag, but there is a great muttering gag where uh, Archer just mumbles something under under his breath, and that was that was where the episode had, it's it's about six minutes into the mm-hmm. the first episode, and that was where the series had me. I just went right. I've never seen I've never seen comedy go that far. On television before, that's that's really where she made a comment about him. She made a comment about him. And it was he made a comeback. Yes, he made something in in the comeback, uh, and it was 
it was really sexually explicit without being uh, crude or gratuitous. Mm-hmm. And and that's very, uh, you know, it's it's like it, uh, it's like when you when you see a comedian make a a really good joke about something that is really tasteless. And and you just go, oh, I shouldn't be laughing at that, but but I am. It's kind of that same feeling, and I've never seen that on television before. And I I think that uh, Archer takes that comedy to another level, where say South Park would be really explicit about it. Uh, Archer's just kind of throws it away. So it's, uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit on the edge of it. Uh, it's not the it's not the hard and fast double entendre that you would get in Are You Being Served, mm-hmm. but it's not the uh, explicit, let's call a douche a douche that you get in uh, in, in South Park. I mean, my favorite joke, which weirdly sort of falls into that, but not in a different way, was there's, there's a, a joke where um, oh, someone's been given a, a pen which is full of poison, <laughs> and of course something else happens, and and the guy's saying, "But you gave me," and actually says, "Oh, don't try and bring up that Chekhov gun defense." And the butler goes, "Oh, that's willfully obscure," <laughs> and it's, it's, but, it, but it's it's actually done. Because that's again quite a thirty rocks sort of knowing thing to do, but the way it's done is much more realistic. It's almost like it's this weird little conversation going on in which everyone's sort of muttering these bits and pieces, and that I thought was quite interesting. It's and the, a way of doing that gag. And Archer's Butler, who is uh, who, who is uh, just a horribly horrible beaten down, uh, world weary character, uh, he just goes along with all of these things. Mm-hmm. Just I, I just find it very very funny. Very watchable, very funny, uh, but I can also see how it's how it's not for everybody. And do you think it's? Uh, do you think maybe uh, you're you have a familiarity with that kind of uh, time setting? I guess from Mad Men, There's, there seems to be a lot of Mad Men stuff taking oh, into this that, with, with have, the way that he yeah, interacts actually, with. Does, actually, the, the opening credits yeah. very similar to the opening credits of Mad Men. Also, but his his um his apartment, and the way he has the, the bar in the apartment, yeah. And, yeah, it's actually quite mad. That, that actually just came to me. Um, the, the the lead actor, as it were, H. John, H. Benjamin. John Benjamin. What I was reading seemed to be talking about him like everybody knows who he is. But uh, really, the only thing that I could uh, picture in my head was was maybe his first uh, role, first one noted on Wikipedia, which was as Ben in uh, Doctor Cats. Oh, okay. Oh, it's been the sun. Yes, the sun. Yeah, uh, but I don't Nothing remember else. him particularly from. Well, you know, it's Sex in the City, and because it's funny, show that all the voices are familiar. I found, I found, I'm, I was, I kept doing that. Oh, who is that thing throughout? Um, uh, doing Car- some stuff on Dimitri Martin's uh, special things. Was it Carl in Family Guy? But I, I, again, just voicing. Um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've. Uh, I've got no no. Uh, oh, apparently doing a bunch of live stuff with David Cross. He's in, uh, in some Human Giant. Yeah, who and I don't remember him from there. Just looking at his picture on Wikipedia. Oh, there. he was Bruce Willis. Ah, oh. he was Bruce Willis in Human Giant. Rings a small bell. It's been too long since I've looked at Human Giant again. Oh uh, yeah, we all we all need to go back and watch all yeah. of Human so, Giant again. Were you saying the show's actually going to be on telly? It is. It's unlike gonna, most of the things. Uh, we're unlike most of the other things, uh, it's going to uh, start on, I believe, March the seventh. 
Let me uh, let, let me get that up. Oh, it was uh, Jessica Walter who was the mother in uh, Arrested yes, Development right. who plays uh, his mother. Um, and also Aisha Tyler who plays his ex um, who was the uh, black friend in The Ghost Whisperer who got killed uh, being crashed on by the plane uh, at the end of uh, the second or third series who, who was a ghost hanging around for a little You'll while. You'll all be familiar with her work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, it's in the notes here. Apparently, Archer's uh, code name uh, is Duchess. Yes, yes. No, uh, after after her, her mother's Alsatian. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there was there, that really weird uh, John and Yoko yes. picture gag. That was very odd. Yes, go. On. <laughs> uh, Archer starts on March Sunday, March the seventh, on Fox Eight at ten p.m. Oh, oh so, so not on real, so not on real television. <laughs> it is real television. It comes to my house. It's just yours. You realize it's just yours. There's just this one, like you know, long tube that goes from the Fox Eight headquarters. Everybody to ran your to my house. Everyone, everybody ran to my house <laughs> to watch some Archer. That's uh, that's March seventh, Sunday, March seventh at uh, at ten p.m. on Fox Eight, twelve p.m. on Fox Eight Plus Two. I'm guessing, uh, or twelve a.m. That would be zero what? zero zero. What's on Fox minus three? Mesh. Fox Plus Twenty One. Uh, so I, I'm very, I'm very excited that we're we're reviewing a show that that some people are actually going to be able to watch legally. Uh, it's def- I, I think it's definitely worth uh, checking out, uh, and great that uh, a, a channel other than the Comedy Channel has something like this. It means that uh, I, I think Fox Eight tends to be a little bit more risky than uh, than channels like Go or Seven Two. Uh, and uh, and they do actually buy things that they're they're a lot more willing to to give a go to. Uh, I, I recommend we get behind Archer as as much as possible because I love it. I think it's hilarious. The other two think it's okay. Hello and welcome to today tonight's soap and water. Hello and I'm Naomi Robson. Swearing. She's so rude. <laughs> She is, she's, she's so rude. You know that that's got no edits in it at all. <laughs> that's what she sounds like <laughs> that's, normally. Isn't that's it? that's yeah. just how she. That's just how she. They, they, they actually edit her there. for the news to make her sound more legible. I know legible. it's bizarre. Mm. Yeah. It's bizarre. Well, she, she's like a a, a reverse Frankenbytes uh, speaker. Mm. So so she speaks like she's been stuck together, and then when you put it into the right order, then uh, it sounds normal. Put the polarizing filters over the microphone but thanks Naomi for coming in and doing that for us that was uh, that that was great great work Um, hey uh, something that uh, caught my eye over the week uh, which which uh, I didn't actually get to watch on A Current Affair uh, because it's on tonight and uh, I had to come into the studio but uh, they were advertising the hell out of it over the weekend was reverse racism we look into the stores where white people aren't allowed to work oh for god's sake yeah. Oh, really? 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 We've come to really. this, and and like these ads were on high rotation all the way over the weekend since since Friday night. Uh, they're talking, that, and they've they've got footage of women in burqas and all all obviously Muslim looking people, and we'll talk about the shops where white people aren't allowed to work. What shops were these? Were they like burqa shops or something? Is it going to be something yeah, would you, wholly inappropriate? Unfortunately, for, I, I didn't get the reveal, uh, so I didn't get right, to uh, yeah. have a look at it. I Maybe it's, it's on their side. It's a, it's a massive expose on David Jones. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, David hard, Jones won't have white people. He won't have white people Hard for white them. people to get work yeah, David Jones. Very, yeah. very hard. Uh, 
the um, you keep keep talking about it, Brett, because uh, I'm I'm intrigued and I'll uh, I'll look it up. That's all I have uh, because I didn't get to see it. But uh, it's just outrageous. It's just insane, it. isn't it? This thing because you know we, we, we had this blackface thing. White people have been oppressed for so long. Well, yes, it's about yeah. time that and the current affairs stood up for that for the little man. And this is obviously coming out of the fact that people are going, hey, maybe we should stop trying to kill Indian students. Maybe that's a bad thing. And obviously, this is the knee jerk. You know, Herald Sun esque response to go. Oh, well, what about white people? Hey, oh, they're forcing uh, Pauline Hanson to leave the country to go to England. And yeah, I just, oh, it's just. And it's the expose special that no parent should miss. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's uh, the jobs that uh, all those kids that are in high school are, are going to be out there trying to get. All those poor little white privileged kids that, you know, the, the brown people are stealing their jobs. Do they they stole their jobs. Do they occasionally run ads going, this is one parents can't afford to miss? Like, do, do, they, do they notify the ones you can, you can miss as a no, parent? They, no, oh, no. That's no. annoying. Uh, it's, convenient. it's not up on the ACA site as yet. As soon as it is, we will link to it. We'll cut back to the chopper. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and if we don't, I'm sure it will be on Media Watch next week because <laughs> they do just fill their show from things that we talk about. Yeah. You're going weak, Allendale. The force is no longer with you. And the reason it's not with you, Alan, is because you're not on box cutters. Craig McLaughlin is. I, I don't even remember him doing that one. <laughs> I think he just came in while we weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is spooky. It's like, like secret messages from Craig McLaughlin just filling up hard drives around the country. <laughs> Well, the great thing about that is that uh, uh, when when Josh is away, uh, I think he's going to come into the studio and, and do exactly that on the microphones here. I, I believe there is some more Craig McLaughlin coming up. Can we say That's, that? Is that uh, not too spoilery? We, we can because we, we haven't actually announced this yet. But I'm off to the uh, I'm off to the US uh, in a couple of weeks, and uh, and so we're going to have some things that we've recorded earlier, including part two. Of the Craig McLaughlin interview. Of, of looking at Craig McLaughlin's career. This is uh, running, I think, 85 through 92. I think we managed to get <laughs> yeah, through yeah. in part and two. Then, uh, and then uh, part three is <laughs> June of 92 <laughs> to March of 93. Very busy time. That man does like to talk. And then we just speed through 93 to 2010. <laughs> it's amazing. In parts four through 17. <laughs> So yes, part two of uh, of the Craig McLaughlin interview will be coming your way uh, in the next few weeks, as will my interview with uh, the executive producer of Sesame Street, uh, which that I recorded. Children's good. Television Workshop. No, no, Sesame formally. Workshop. Yeah, formerly, mm. formerly Children's Television Workshop. Now Sesame Workshop. That's coming up. Why did they change that? Because you know, from since the sixties, we've we've known it as Sesame Street is a children's television workshop production. He's so old. Yeah, I'm curious though. Why would you change 60s. it? No, but I have seen that first episode. Did you ever watch that first episode of uh, of Sesame Street? No, but I did. I did just find it recently. It's weird though because it's black and white and they smoke all the way through it. <laughs> Everyone's smoking and drinking, and the casual racism is just quite full on. True. Well, yeah, because Gordon Gordon was the only black person oh. and, and gets taken along to Sesame Street, and and they'd never seen a black person. And he has there. to keep making drinks for people. <laughs> <laughs> And I think they run him down in a car at the end. They just dump Some his body they, in a They keep on calling him Isaac. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Hooper's always arguing about change. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, is, it is a really racist first episode. Anyway, that's And that rape t- sequence, I think, was uncalled for even at the time. Is it, is it wrong if it's Muppets? It's still wrong. Okay. Uh, you know what else is wrong? What's wrong? Calling yourself shippers yep. when, when you're really... Uh, enamoured of 
a uh, a relationship, the romantic tension in a particular show. That particular show is Chuck. The the people who, uh, who and we've talked about Chuck a lot. If you if, if you're unfamiliar with the show, go back and listen to other episodes where we talk about Chuck. Uh, you'll find them uh, 100 through 209. <laughs> yes, um, or, or you can just buy it in box sets now. Oh yeah, yeah, just, quite cheap just from Amazon it. UK apparently. Uh, and in fact, uh, if Sarah, you, if and you've never seen it, uh, you could probably see it at uh, TV Gorge. TV maybe? Gorge. Oh yeah, 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 TV Gorge. Yeah. <laughs> well, it lasts. Well, it lasts. Well, it lasts. Uh, Chuck and Sarah have an off-again, on-again romantic well, tension yes, thing. Yes, let's just say, so this was, this was originally going to be part of our news and we kind of have spun it off here. So, yes, and I, I was going to say, we're going to try and not spoil things as much as we can, but it does come out of a slightly spoilery kind but, of... Uh, but at the end of at the, end the, of the last episode that aired in the US, yeah. uh, which is the last episode before the Winter Olympic break... So it's off for three weeks, I think. Uh, it seemed like... Chuck and Sarah were never going to get together. Yes, the on again off game relationship, which as you say, was, has been driving the show for three seasons. It looked like even even the makers. It's not even like they're not sure that they like each other. It's it's a professional courtesy yeah. thing. Well, yeah, the there's, spy handler can't get involved with with the subject. There's been various the permutations of it, but it did look like because end of season two it looked like they're going to change the the dynamic. Season three started off a little bit disappointingly, putting everything back in its place. But then uh, last few episodes, quite interesting stuff going on with them changing the dynamic quite a bit, and it looked like perhaps the on-again, off-again relationship would no longer be part of the show. Yes. Uh, now, I, quite, I quite, say, quite a good episode, too, I thought. Um, yeah, I thought, actually, not a bad episode. Went and read some, a few reviews online. People going, yeah, not a bad episode. N- not, not a bad episode. I also have to say, it's not th- that relationship is not the only thing that's driving the story, though, no. because there is also Chuck's development as a spy. Yes. And, and also uh, the sexual tension between Chuck and uh, Adam Baldwin's and the, character. And there are other relationships going on. But yes, so most people looked at it and went, quite a good episode. But not on the internet, where things went a bit crazy. And all these fans are this term shippers, which I'd heard before, but not really known what it was. So I, I thought it was people who work on ships. No. But no, it's, it's short for relationshippers. And apparently a shipper of a TV show is only interested in the couple they are interested in shipping uh, and really want them to get together. Uh, even as I say this, I, I get the feeling we have missed some very subtle permutations on what all this is about. But yes, this is the, 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 the basic breakdown scene. The to be. geeks want them to get together. The shippers yep. of shows only want to see two people kissing. And in They're this not case, getting together. It seems like like it's not going to happen. They are saying that uh, Chuck Lorre is the Chuck Lorre. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, it's Josh Schwartz. Josh Schwartz is is killing the show. That this is this has uh, been laid down as as a uh, uh, what's that word? Um, they accuse Jacques. Mm. Uh, you are killing Chuck. And the shippers were calling for However, a boycott. They were calling for, and this is what I thought was well, curious. Yeah, so was, don't watch it on TV. Watch it online. Yeah. But what I thought was curious is normally, I mean, this sort of stuff has happened before and people have ignored it, but this time around it got picked up by the media. It's been picked up by lots of different um, media across America. The creators gave an interview to Alan Sappenwall to about this. Um, NBC, I think, actually put out a press release. And it was just kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm just curious to know if this has happened before. And it's kind of weird to see fans of a show on the internet having this much kind of power over the show. Well, the, the thing I is did that- warn. The show that this sort of stuff would happen from Remember nuts. Uh, yeah, well, there was a uh, that that horrible, horrible show Jericho. Jericho uh, mm-hmm. I sent that, out the warning: if you if you kowtow to the geeks 
who are inundating you with nuts and bring back Jericho, there is never going to be an end to it. You're going to be at the mercy of but these it, people. But it worked and these with people have no idea about how to make a TV but show. But we, we applauded it. Show. We applauded it with uh, Arrested Development and the Bananas. And Chuck itself was brought back through, through a, a campaign to buy Subway sandwiches on a certain day as well. So I guess there is that interesting thing that the fans feel a certain ownership. But what I thought was interesting, because having you know, looked at many a, a Doctor Who webpage, Doctor Who fans basically hate each other, and they hate themselves. And you will endlessly see discussion going... <laughs> it's, it's funny, because I hate them too. <laughs> yeah. No, you'll see endless discussion going, but we have no right to tell anyone how to make anything. And like, uh, and uh, you know, any criticism of how the show is doing will be you know, smashed into oblivion, and, and then oh, it goes back the other way. And But there's always a sense of, thank God that no one in the Doctor Who production team ever listens to fans. And people in the Doctor production team will give interviews in which they say how much they hate fans. It's quite sort of a common thing to go, oh, of course we would never listen to them. So why in this case has Chuck uh, had this reaction? Why is the... Well, because, because they owe so much to their fans, uh, there is, uh, there is the, the question that's, that's brought up in the media of, well, how far are they going to go to please their fans? And the thing is, though, these shippers are, are like... Uh, a group of fringe zealots. They're not. They're not the the major fans of the show. They're the. Uh, uh, you know, there there is a silent majority who just like the show, who just enjoy watching uh, this this uh, nebbish guy get superpowers, become a spy. People who loved Greatest American Hero love Chuck for exactly the same reasons. And uh, and they're just enjoying the ride. It's entertaining. Chuck gets into trouble. He gets out of trouble. How are they going to use his new super skills mm-hmm. to uh, to make the show interesting still? And the and everything else, all the relationship stuff, is uh, is just kind of on the periphery. It was funny. I thought because uh, the last two episodes I think of Chuck have been really good, and I thought oh, it's interesting. The third series is now finally doing something interesting of its own. And that thing of then coming away to discover there are fans going, you've killed the show, worst one ever. And most, I think most of the professional TV reviewers in America have said much the same thing, that they, they were all quite surprised because no one, no one kind of saw this reaction coming from these people. The other, the other articles too I've been reading have all mentioned shippers. The other thing they've mentioned is Lost apparently being a big world of shippers. Are you familiar with that? Uh, again, again. The Jack and Kate? Sawyer and Kate? Relationships, relationships on Lost are as uh, as as mercurial as the island's powers, right? And uh, and I, I I can't imagine anybody watching Lost uh, and only watching it for the relationships. If you are just watching a uh, a science fiction or uh, or action adventure series just for the relationships, then you're really starved for a romantic television. Doctor Who did have a big kind of uh, Tennant and Billy Piper shipper element, which is the first time I'd ever heard the term, because it was also weird for a show that traditionally it had no emotional relationships in it whatsoever, mm. to suddenly have a group that were really, really full on into, no, that's what the show's about. It's about kissing between these two characters. Uh, but it mentioned that yeah, Lost was another one that got mentioned, and Grey's Anatomy apparently is meant to be one they 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 think the majority oh, of viewers are shippers. McDreamy. Yeah, but, but Grey's but Grey's Daddy. Anatomy was was created with that in mind. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a major part of the show. And it mentioned how apparently in Grey, I've never actually watched Grey's Anatomy, but saying how they they keep having to split couples up 
to then put them back together again? Apparently, it's a big thing that because well, same what thing it- happened through Friends, mm-hmm. and in fact, that that Ross and Rachel uh, tension that took it th- took it successfully through two or three series. Once they broke that tension, then Friends started to go downhill. Well, and exactly the same thing would happen with Chuck. This is actually the problem with any sexual tension or will they, won't they storyline. You can't actually finish them. I mean, you can only finish them when the series ends. And The last episode of Moonlighting mm-hmm. uh, makes a huge gag. The entire series, because they, they know they're being cancelled and they run through the city trying to work out why they're being cancelled and, uh, and uh, decide to get married because they find out that it's the, uh, that it's the, the, uh, it was their relationship that was keeping them going. And that now that they don't have a relationship, then uh, then so, so then they're being cancelled. So they try to get married, and the priest at the wedding, is, if I remember correctly, it's been many many years since I've seen it, uh, tells them during the whole wedding ceremony that no, that's not the way it is. It was about the fact that you didn't get together, and just outlines the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, and and takes away any mystery about why people enjoyed the show, and just just lays the whole thing out, which I found. Uh, fascinating and hilarious and such a, a great moonlighting thing. But it's funny, it does make the shipper thing a bit odd because you end up going, well, yeah, how, can you, how can you have shipper? I mean, you must know that the minute the couple gets together, the show is going to be over. Yeah, and, and so if you find yourself in a shipper situation, I think that's a sign that you need to look at yourself and go, what is missing from my life that I'm so invested in these two fictional people getting together? Because, because then at the same time, if those two fictional people, if, if, if Ross cheats on Rachel, then these people think that Ross has cheated on them, you know, and they take it as a personal affront. But that's not, I mean, that's on the one hand, somebody's writing very good fiction to get people to be that emotionally invested in it. So good on the story writers. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, People really need to look at what they're saying about about these things. That they're going to jeopardise the future of a television show that they love because the characters might not get together. That was curious too. The suggestion that, that the fans feel a need to be able to control those storylines so much was kind of I don't know odd. I was saying it's really Wonderfalls, a show that got cancelled after one season. Uh, which I absolutely loved. Absolutely loved Wonderful. It was excellent. And it kind of, in some ways, I think it's better because it was only one season, like, because they kind of got together at the end and it felt really satisfying. And well, went, the, this was my theory with uh, Friday Night Lights and mm-hmm. a number of other shows that uh, have happened since. The, the concept of one perfect season. And it's kind I, of, I love that. It's kind of a shame that there is no, there is no uh, way in the English language kind of English-speaking world to do that sort of television. Like, you know, TV has to sort of be designed to be ongoing in many ways, especially in America. Whereas, because because in America they need a hundred episodes to sell it into syndication. Yeah. Whereas if there was a way of doing the you know the telenovela thing where you know that the series has a limited life and you know it will end, you know, it was actually kind of more satisfying in some ways. I, yeah, that's 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 what I think. But uh, I I think I think people are, are, are nuts when it comes to to stuff like this. I think there is Don't no logic. <laughs> there is there is no logic to to what they're doing and. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's so kind of evil dictator. They will, they will regret the day that they crossed us. Mm. Yeah. We will destroy them. Can, With, can, can you guys think of any, because I was just saying, has there like been just, any other experience of this where a fan base has managed to threaten 
a show or, or attempt to threaten no, a show while it's on. But it did mm. remind me. It did remind me of uh, the Batman comic books in uh, the late eighties, uh, where DC Comics had a, a they had a phone in poll on whether or not Robin would live, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's the one where Fallout Boy dies on every page. Yeah, yeah. And the and, and the fans and the fans voted for for Robin to die. That that particular Robin, Jason, something or other. I forget. I forget his name. But uh, they voted for him to die. And of course, that changed the Batman storyline uh, immensely. The uh, is that the sort of power that fans should have, or do we? invest our money and time in people who tell us stories because we believe they can tell us stories better than we can imagine stuff ourselves. Actually, I've just realised the question really I have is why did the... Is it NBC? I've forgotten what Chuck's on. Why why did they feel the need to respond? Actually, that's that's the more interesting part of it because up till now, you know, people always just ignore these sort of online groups. And this mm. is the first time I can think of, a, of a, an online group actually being... One of them had a link to to an influential blogger who's taken up the the gauntlet. Because apparently it started on. on but I like I really. I, my suspicion is that this is just. It's purely made up. It's a bunch of people purely made up of uh, almost exactly the same as comic book guy from The Simpsons. These are the shut-ins who just. Uh, troll around on on internet message boards, um, trying to feel their their life has meaning. I don't know. Shippers are. Listen, look. If anyone is a shipper or knows more about shippers, please let me know because I, I try to do research. And it's it's one of the things like slash fiction where I can kind of get a vague idea of what's going on, but I'm obviously missing some some part of it. But shippers appear to be almost exclusively female. Uh, really? Yeah. Apparently, what? Shippers almost exclusively no, female. Um, that's going to make my head explode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and sort of devoted, but only to one specific element of the show. And they make up names apparently for couples. They give them like Brangelina names. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's. So I, I don't think anybody should listen to them at all when but, it comes to writing your stories. But, but, but yes, but please let me know any more info on shippers. I'm I'm kind of curious. I'm I'm intrigued, but yeah. it's a it's. It's a weird subculture thing now for me. It's like Pony Boys. I, I, <laughs> I kind of rang around trying to find someone who might know because yeah, this is the kind of stuff that we, we looked at the outline industry quite a bit. And I, I can't find anyone who's kind of quite got a grasp. It's like this weird it's, – it's like that big cloud thing from Star Trek. I'm going to try to find out when I'm in the US. Okay. I'll try and find out about shippers. Hi, this is Jim Shembury from The Age newspaper. Just telling you all to listen to box cutters if it's the last thing you do. Josh, Brett and John are the most informed, entertaining, funniest guys you'll ever hear over a pod. I still don't know what podcasting is, but apparently if you go onto the ARPANET, you can, you can get it. The ARPANET. Oh, the internet. I'm sorry. That was the old word for it. Yes. Box cutters. Listen up. It's great. TV cliche time now, and yes. Brett Cropley has been waiting on the edge of his seat to shout out... A better TV cliche. Stupid, squealy car tyres. That is all. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, for listeners who have uh, just joined us, uh, uh, John, uh, the last time he there, joined there, us... There is there is another 50 minutes of the show before this. Uh, I don't know why you're coming halfway through. The last time John joined us in the studio, I uh, was talking about being annoyed at uh, cliches that uh, do tend to uh, make an appearance in, in mm-hmm. every single show almost these days. And uh, something that particularly annoys me, and particularly annoyed me four weeks ago when we were talking about uh, men of a certain age, mm. was the uh, stupidly squealy TV car tyres. So this is basically if, if a car is pulling up anywhere at any speed? Is this the idea? Pulling up anywhere, any speed, going around a corner, right? anything like that. So so in that scene with uh, men of a certain age when the three of them very early in the first episode are going out for their hike and uh, run over the possum, um, mm-hmm. and he... he, he he pulls up and, and goes, Ooh, what was that? And see, it was a possum and, and have to uh, be sure that it's dead and, and back up and stuff. Every time that it actually changes direction, it squeals. <laughs> but but they're going no faster than two kilometres an hour. There, there, there is no way that the tyres on that vehicle were squealing as they were going backwards and forwards later on. When, that same when my car where, is in a car Andre park. Brower had to, was running late for work, uh, he, was, he was driving fairly quickly, but he pulled up at the front of the dealership in his in his new car um nice and slow and and calmly but squealing like like it was braking for for 10 meters when i'm driving my car in a car park and the car park has a painted floor concrete floors Con- a concrete painted uh, especially floor. if they're a little bit uh, glossy it's squealy all over the- maybe maybe it's sure. only roads in the US maybe maybe their roads are only concrete it, painted even uphills and things yeah 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 and- but the most bizarre thing that happens in the states with their squealy tires is when they squeal on gravel yeah uh, this goes back to we were mentioning too. Uh, connected to this is my personal hatred of folly artists putting meowing on cats in every single film ever. If a cat ever appears, no matter what it's doing, you'll hear this wow, like the terrified will go, "What the hell is that?" Th-? Oh, it's a cat! Oh, thank God, I was confused there for a moment. I think folly artists are desperately sad people, and they and they just. I think they're just desperately looking for something to do. Well, I think I think really perhaps they've they've just got into the routine of of putting that in there. If they see that on screen, then they they put that that signal audio yeah, wise. Yeah, the, well, it's, the, it's the same. Out, yeah. It's but the same with that. Can we just cover off on all audio cliches now? Because mm. uh, there are heaps. But my personal favorite to hate is the sound that computer monitors make when oh, when sake. things appear on them. <laughs> Right, and, 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 them. and again, we can see that things are appearing on the screen. We don't need little. They still do that. Like yeah, they still do still that. Do. Even though everyone Every now has a computer, everyone even, emails, even everyone is at work. Fake three D computer with the droplets of oil or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It just has this ongoing freaking soundscape. They don't do it in Dollhouse, okay. which was which was refreshing, uh, and they uh, they they actually used terminal. Uh, terminal line stuff in Dollhouse mm-hmm. uh, and I could actually read what was on the screen and it actually went to uh, the uh, Wolfram Alpha site. Ah. Interestingly enough. The actual site. The actual Wolfram Alpha they, they, site. They used a real search engine. Yes. Mm. Yes, but they were uh, but they were they, they were using it in uh, terminal commands So, and it was before the launch of the Wolfram Alpha site. So I don't know how that went. Maybe they just liked the name Wolfram Alpha because of Wolfram and Hart in Angel. Anyway, that noise did not appear in Dollhouse. Plenty of others did. But it was a very knowledgeable nod to uh, serious geeks. Yes. Yes, it really was. People who spent their time looking at the screen and then uh, 
and then and then uh, magnifying and clarifying until they could read what was on the screen you and then putting it on me. the uh, I didn't I didn't do any of that. I just saw it on the internet. And it's not part of the same cliche, the uh, audio cliche, but just the the uh, user interfaces on uh, lab computers where they they flash up on a projector or or on a full wall uh, plasma screen monitor and uh, they they grab the mouse and and kind of move move windows all over the place and just the way that it shows its processing is bullshit. I don't know. Silicon graphics machines could do that. I knew what was happening at the beginning of the segment, and now I'm just completely confused. Anyway, uh, we think we think folly artists are just trying to calm down. The, yeah, just calm, calm down, folly artists. But calm, down. The, calm down. There's a certain laziness from the writers uh, because you know if if they've got to uh, put put squealy tires in there to give a sense of urgency, it's actually a shot that's not needed to be shown in the show at all. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think the squealiness is is to you've got a shot of a car driving by or or pulling up. Um, If you need it, then you don't need the folly. Mostly, they don't need it, and so they have to put in the squeals. Maybe television folly people just assume that people aren't paying attention, so there are certain sounds that are cues. So if they're not if they're not watching the screen. They go, oh, they're Actually, doing something with a car. That's oh. kind of an interesting point because, yeah, I'm often emailing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Television and has turned into radio plays an awful lot now. So, yeah, so and maybe so, there is so that. So if someone's not talking but you hear beep, 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 You know, it's you important know to look up and read. Things, things are well, coming up on the screen. For a specific example, uh, in All Saints Police Rescue, uh, did they have them there? They didn't use computers. No, no, the uh, squirrely wheels. Uh, I don't. I don't know. They didn't use I wheels. Don't, I don't notice squeal, squeely wheels. Squeals. As as and so annoys me. Okay, question three. Which Gareth, can I- all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box. Uh, last week's quiz, quiz question was, what is the name of the female co-host of Salam Cafe? We got uh, a number mm-hmm. of entries in, which was fantastic. Excellent to see some entries come in. Uh, the thing is, they're not the answer that Nelly gave us, in which case we're a little bit confused because we don't know what Nelly had in mind. Did she ask the question incorrectly? It, it's, maybe she was lying. Maybe she was maybe lying. Maybe she can't be trusted. There's... Uh, Stop trying to get your weeks back. No, I'm not just saying. You I'm gave them saying. up. Maybe it's a lost sort of thing. Maybe you shouldn't be trusting Nelly as much as you do. Now I'm scared. Yeah. Now I'm scared for next week. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to have to uh, hold it over for next week for Nelly's adjudication. So if you have not entered, you're still able to enter by 4pm next Monday, the 22nd of February. Uh, send us your entries to hooray at boxcutters.net. What is the name of the female co-host of Salam Cafe? All the entries we got had exactly the same name, so I'm guessing that's correct, <laughs> but it's not what Nelly gave us, so I don't know what she was thinking. If you watch one thing... Okay, just quickly, if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be all the Jeopardy that I have queued up on my IQ. Did somebody uh, die? Is that why you're watching Jeopardy? 
No. I thought it was All the Jeopardy I Have, which is, like, I said, like an art house movie or something. Oh, that'd be nice. Very good. Uh, no, All the Jeopardy that I have lined up on my IQ because I have about three weeks worth and I need to get through it all so that I can reset the IQ because it's doing some very <laughs> crazy things. I just don't want to lose all of that Jeopardy. The 24 can go to hell, but that Jeopardy needs to stay. Can't you just transfer it across the network? It's an IQ, Brad. Oh, the IQ doesn't do that. You know the IQ doesn't do that. No, it doesn't talk to sure. anything. It's just itself. But it just, it just, it's such a simple and, and expected it just thing sits, that it should be able it to do. It just sits there and causes me frustration oh. at, uh, you know, l- lack, of, uh, lack of competition in I that saw area. the first part uh, last night being Sunday of uh, The End of Time, the Doctor Who uh, final uh, show for uh, what's his face? Who's, who's, who's the Scottish uh, guy that David, talks David with the David Turner, but even more thrillingly, Russell T Davies. Yay! Uh, but with uh, a lack of runs, so that's good. A lack of runs, and when I say runs, I mean the Doctor saying run. Oh, <laughs> oh but there's plenty oh, more. Di- to not hate. diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, John. So is that, is that part one or part two you were saying? That's part two. He's so, saying you uh, should watch we'll, part two. We shall be seeing the, uh, okay. the changeover. Um, and I'm going to be watching on 7-2, Mondays through Fridays, 10 a.m., Upstairs, Downstairs. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah, which ran from 71 to 75. I had never seen this in around 2003, 4, when I got back from overseas. Found the local library. Yes, library, not even video library. Had it on VHS and... I thought I'd watch this joke. I really liked it. I have no idea why. I found it really quite captivating. And it's well, it's it's a, it's a lot like that uh, Robert Altman film. Uh, that Gosford Park. Yeah, Gosford Park. Only much longer. I mean, it's basically a soap opera. And it's kind of fascinating to think that in the 70s, it was quite common to do these soap operas that were set in really weird places or really weird times. Yeah, mm. rather than a contemporary family living in the suburbs. You know, you'd have things set in women's prisons or, you know, in the 1920s or whatever. And this is, yeah, the, sort of runs from, I think, around... 20s, no, is it 30s? Because it leads up to the war. I know the war starts at one point. But, um, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's around the same time as House of Elliot. Yeah, so, and it's actually yeah, quite a fascinating thing to watch. It's obviously you know, a bit of period telly, but that's pl- apparently playing every weekday on 7 to oh, 10 a.m. That's so exciting. And you know what? Uh, a, a soap opera set, uh, set in pre-war Britain, mm-hmm. appropriate place for shippers. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a place where people can really look at relationships. You can ship your hearts, can you? Yeah. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Did anybody see the white room? Yes. Yeah. Uh, ha- how outrageous that uh, Julian and uh, and Tony stole uh, Sam Pang's obvious name for his show uh, before know, he had to go ABC. I, I know that set is straight from ABC. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Unfortunately, I enjoyed the show though. Did you really? I did. Did you really? Because my eyes have only just stopped bleeding. Yeah, I thought it was okay from last Thursday night. Just, I, I thought it was a less forced kind of way. TV Burke no. style thing where they had uh, lots of TV clips. You know that you know that good bleeding where like it's all hundreds and thousands and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. And it's like pixies dancing around your no, head. No, no, it was like it was nails and sand bleeding out of my eyes. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. Oh, um, I, I, I really thought, why have this show Channel Seven when you have a perfectly good, exactly the same show in TV Burp? 
without the need for competition. So it's just another TV burp. Is that all oh, it no, is? but it's it's Spicks no. and Specs. It's Spicks and Specs. Okay. And TV burp. Except it's not Spicks and Specs because they've been developing this show for nineteen years, or you know, some ridiculous amount. So they're not copying Spicks and Specs or Good Newsweek or uh, ADBC, except they stole their set. Uh, and for some reason, it needs two hosts when. Half would suffice. I actually find that Julian and Tony worked well together, and they they started here at Triple R. Um, yeah, yeah, they did, and they're far more talented than that show offers. I just thought it was a terrible piece of crap that really just made me cry and cry and cry, and I'm still largely unconsolable. Oh, inconsolable. Yeah, I can't even talk straight. <laughs> It's affected you that badly, and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode two hundred and twelve. Mm. I want to say thanks very much to Crumpler, uh, who uh, provided us a bag to give away to people, and then we failed to do so. What? But, you know, you can still win that bag. The entrance failed to give us the answer that we that, required. <laughs> you want to say correct answer, but it wasn't actually that, was <laughs> they it? They failed. They've, they've probably given you the correct answer. It might have been the correct answer. Just not the answer you were hoping for. Next week's yes. question will be... And it's be, a fantastic giveaway. It's, uh, it's a little laptop baggie. Yeah. Um, yeah, get in. Ne- next week's question will be, can you read Nelly's mind? <laughs> Join us for a paranormal box cutters. Until next week and the last uh, of our regular box cutters for a few weeks. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. John, when I'm uh, in in New York in, yeah. in a couple of weeks, I'm going to uh, go to the ABC studios there mm-hmm. and uh, just go up to the the counter and say, H- "Have you heard uh, when when is this show Outland uh, coming on?" Because uh, the Sunday Age said that it's the it's the newest show that, from that, the ABC that's, that's going to no, be the uh, wrong, cult wrong, hit. Wrong of... ABC, wrong ABC. What do you, what do you mean? It's, it's the local one. But yeah, Sunday Age should say cult hit of the year. Cult, cult deliriously year. funny. Uh, well, clearly they enjoyed the uh, the preview copy. They, they uh, it, no, I haven't haven't written it yet. But you haven't written the preview copy. Have I haven't haven't finished writing the scripts yet. Oh, you haven't it's, written the show yet. I haven't written the show. No, but the, the Sunday Age did say though it's the cult hit of the year. Deliriously funny, Melinda Houston. D- right. So the show doesn't. I, I, I don't really understand. But it is the cult hit of the year. It is deliriously funny. I was going for, for averagely funny, so it's a bit annoying. I have to kind of ramp it up a bit now. Now you've got to rewrite it. Yeah. Um, but but uh, it has been commented. It's quite nice to have something to put in the back of the DVD already. I have, uh, I, I have at times uh, found issues with uh, Melody's uh, little column there. Uh, no, I'm sure she's right. It's the cult the, hit of the year. In so, the M magazine, especially the, the way uh, that uh, she hang, hung shit on uh, on the spy thing with Michael um, and then burnt notice and then changed her mind. So, so, so are you saying, John, that if, if I go up to the ABC studios in, in New York and talk about Outland and they plead ignorance, I'm the one who's going to look like the fool? Little. Uh. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.